Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. This is the Gut Reaction. Welcome in, everybody. The Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Chad Jensen, joined, as always, by my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, Broncos country dared to hope. And in the first half, although it weren't pretty, pardon my grammar, it was there. It was close. But then the wheels came off in the second half. What is your gut reaction to the Broncos' 12th consecutive loss to the Chiefs? It probably shouldn't have been a 12th consecutive loss. You hit on one of the points I'm going to make tonight. This was such a winnable game for Denver. It really was. When you go into the half 10-3, one possession game, you can talk about the fourth down tries, not taking field goals, Fangio's lack of situational management. We're going to get into all of that, but this was such a winnable game. The Broncos defense did its damnedest to keep them in the game, and they did. Mahomes and Tyree Kill and the KC offense was uncharacteristically or characteristically considering how they've played this year out of whack out of sorts the ball was bouncing literally the broncos way and they just didn't capitalize on it chad they were held back once again by two factors it wasn't the defense it was the coaching and the quarterbacking even you know you can't even say the offense because javante came to play the broncos o-line for the most part came to play this loss is on teddy bridgewater who probably should have thrown about five picks in this game, he's got he got lucky. They dropped multiple passes. Balls were batted down. This and that. He threw a pick six, and right after that, I saw praise on Twitter because he attempted to tackle with the most weak <laughs> shoulder uh, jab you can ever throw in your entire life. That is the delusion. Because if it was Drew Locke throwing that pick six, Chad, we wouldn't be on this podcast right now because the world would be ending. We would be engulfed in flames. So once again, they're held back by the two common denominators, and that's exactly why they lost another game to Kansas City. And I'll tell you one more thing. I have a lot to say. Judging by the look on George Payton's face throughout the game, there is no way... Fangio survives a playoffless season. John Elway, when he was shown, he was throwing back scotches on the rocks, Chad. <laughs> George Payton was looking completely just locked in like he had a serious expression on his face. He was mulling a lot of different thoughts. One of those has to be, God, I need a new quarterback, and God, I need a new coaching staff. That has to be. Otherwise, Chad, it's the same old, same old, same old Broncos for another time. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Here's the, uh, you mentioned him, Javante Williams. Literally, I mean, I could maybe off the cuff, maybe think a half a dozen bright spots for the Broncos. I may be stretching I can't even think, yeah, I can't even think of that. Javante Williams is the first rookie in Broncos history to have 100 plus rushing yards and more than 75 receiving yards in a single game, let alone, Zach, his first career start. The dude was a was the engine. Broncos fans got a nice little preview of what the future is going to look like with him behind the quarterback, and it's really exciting. He's tough. He's durable. He's explosive. He's hard to bring down. But you know, if you're if your very best player or the guy that is the only guy that you are leaning on to create big plays is your running back going against a team like the Chiefs that. You know, they kept him in check for the most part, but it's just never going to be a winning recipe. you got to be able to pick up some explosive plays vertically. And Tom yeah. El Greco jumping in early with a super chat. Appreciate you, Tom, up in Canada. He says, help me understand. TD, another missed tackle, and still you can't play lock. I'm so pissed. Please, Fangio, can you resign? How don't how you don't bench your quarterback for another missed tackle? Thanks, guys. P.S. Sorry for venting. Guys, I hate to break it to you, all right? But this version of the Denver Broncos with Drew Locke under center would have got slammed too today. The team was just not grooving. They were not in the zone. It's, Zach, the typical Jekyll Hyde performance of these Denver Broncos. And I hate to be the – the I shouldn't even say bearer of bad news, the pointer-outer of the obvious. Well, first of all, about Javante Williams, within two years, if not sooner, he is going to be a household top 10 running back in the NFL, maybe even top five. He is that good. And for my money, he is RB1. I know Melvin's getting paid the contract, Chad, but what Javante does, picking up yards, churning, and in the passing game, contributing what he did, almost 200 yards from scrimmage, that is RB1 right there. Um the thing is with Locke, though, you know, you're probably right. The end result wouldn't have been the same, but at least you'd be sending a message of accountability, Chad, that if you screw the up for the Broncos, if you uh, contribute to the detriment of the team, you are going to be replaced. And if Fangio hopes to maintain a shred of credibility in the locker room, that should probably sail. He would fire Tom McMahon now. Right this second, it's another special teams meltdown in another game that contributed to the Broncos' victory. But that's what Fangio does. He condones all this. He condones Teddy Bridgewater. He condones Tom McMahon. He condones an offense, Chad, that too often plays not to lose, settles for field goals, uh, you know, doesn't know when to take a field goal, doesn't know when to go forward and forth, doesn't know how to get to the end zone. This is the environment in which Fangio has enabled for his players and his coaches to thrive in. 
And at that point, okay, Teddy is hobbled for one, Chad. He's throwing a pick six. He had a terrible game for the most part. And all the garbage time did was pad his stats once more and make him look assembly okay. He really wasn't. He was pretty dreadful in this game. But at least if you put Drew Lockett, even for a series, it sends a message that we're not going to accept mediocrity. But that's all Fangio knows. That's all Fangio wants. This is a coach stuck in the past. This is a coach who would rather play for a 10-9 game and have no explosion on offense, uh, nothing downfield like you said, Chad. I'll take it a step further. If it wasn't already clear, the Broncos will never win anything significant under this coaching staff. Fangio, Shermer, McMahon, mostly all of them. This is not the right coaches for this organization. The sooner they make a change, the sooner George Payton cleans house, the better off the talent on the field will be, period. we got Chris Hernandez jumping in. Thank you for the always symbolic super chat on a gut reaction. Nine bucks for nine points. He says, I think this sums it up. Free play, and it's still a check down. Shake my head. Good night, MHH fam. We feel you. We feel you. Teddy Bridgewater, Zach, for what it's worth, his numbers before garbage time were just atrocious. These still are not good. Don't get me wrong. But he managed to battle back to barely above 50% completion, 257 yards, a tutty, two picks, and a 62.2 rating. Definitely not something you write home about unless you want a laundry list of complaints. Scotty J jumping in. Thank you. Appreciate you. Where are you? Australia? Is that Australia? Uh, He says, can we say that the Williams, you know, Williams Boone going forward in 2022? Yeah, you can, because they're both under contract. Melvin Gordon is not. Bye-bye. Dude, Zach, Melvin Gordon has had a solid season as the team's kind of veteran RB1, as the team seems to kind of want to get its money's worth, I guess, right out of Melvin. They're paying him this season. So let's try and get some modest ROI. And he's been solid, but Javante is a straight-up difference maker. Chat, is he worth $8 million, though? Is, is he that solid? We I always don't... knew he wasn't worth that, dude. That's the one. We got a lot of hate on that over the last two years, but it's the bottom line. I mean, if you're going to get paid $8 million, you better be doing what Javante did tonight. Almost 200 yards from scrimmage contributing in the running game, the passing game, and Javante's making a fraction of that. And Mike Boone looked great today. He looked fresh. He looked explosive, dynamic. It's almost like they should have used him earlier this season instead of keeping him in mothballs. It's crazy. It's another sign that the coaching staff has no idea how to utilize the talent. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they pay these two receivers. They don't barely throw him the ball. Definitely not downfield. Teddy has no chemistry with Cortland Sutton and let me tell you something once more about Teddy's stats 257 yards one touchdown two picks again it should have been four or five picks if that's the best your quarterback can do in garbage time with that enhancement added to it you're never going to have a winning product he has proven to be what he's always been and that's a backup level quarterback and his flaws his the fact that he's a backup is only heightened by the fact that he's surrounded by Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer it is the worst triangle love affair you can concoct in the NFL speaking of Teddy Malachi Smith appreciate that very generous super chat my brother says Teddy has no heart he and Pat should be left in Kansas City Pat Shermer of course it's a waste of our receiving core I'm not saying Drew Locke is the answer but at least he plays with passion Zach, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, here's here's what it takes to succeed if Teddy's your guy, all right? Just like you saw in Dallas, just like you saw last week against the Chargers, 
literally everything else needs to be going right. If one component is off kilter or if, heaven forbid, you expect to throw something on the shoulders of your quarterback and that he will be able to shoulder that burden, rise above it, carry the team, and go win a game, that's just not Teddy. And what's funny about that, Zach, is George Payton's definition of a franchise quarterback is literally that, a quarterback who can put a team on his back when needed and be the difference between a win and a loss. And, you know, Teddy's been a – He's a stopgap guy. And again, you could have always gone to Teddy. We could go back down this rabbit hole a million times. I don't think Drew Locke, for what it's worth, as we've seen this this year, I don't think Vic Fangio would have had the patience to to suffer more than one or two games of no. anything even modestly questionable from the quarterback position before making a change. Like They just decided, honestly, in the, in the offseason that they were moving off Drew. Corey H., thank you, buddy. Really appreciate that extremely generous super chat. He says the defense was solid, but not great. Kansas City had drops and bad breaks on offense. For what it's worth, and I'm going to finish it, Zach, that was the most out of sync I've ever seen the Kansas City Chiefs against the Broncos with Pat Mahomes under center. Uh, they moved the ball pretty easily. We were lucky to be in this game. Teddy is horrid. I do not want to see another game with him. We are about the draft and free agency now. That's it. Hey, guys, I know those emotions are riding high, and, and right now, you know, it's um, it's a little bit negative, and I feel you. We're right there with you, but they're 6-6. Six and six, So, for what it's worth, until they're out, they're in. You know, it's it's so funny. You, you talk about what the Broncos haven't gotten from Teddy Bridgewater. They had a 100-yard rusher on offense, and they held, and its defense held Patrick Mahomes to, what, 187 yards, zero passing touchdowns, and a pick. Normally, in those circumstances, you'd probably have a really good chance to win. Conversely, for the Broncos, they lose by two scores when those factors are added in. So that really goes to show you they're not getting anything from their coaching. They're not getting anything from their quarterbacking. To your point about everything going perfect, Chad, that might happen against the Jets, the Jaguars, the Giants, you know, teams like that. That's not going to happen against a playoff caliber team. And even if the Broncos backed into the playoffs, they're banking on the fact of everything going right for them in a playoff game. That's their definition of a franchise quarterback, or at least the guy holding afloat a potential playoff team. They made a grave, grave mistake going to Teddy Bridgewater. And some of that falls on George Payton as well. But the way that Vic Fangio has not backed down, the way he insists on dying on that hill, the one hill you probably don't want to die on. That's why coaches and GMs have gotten fired over that hill. But Fangio wants to drive his sword up there. That It's going to be the end of him and the end of the Broncos. But the sooner that happens for Fangio and the sooner this experiment ends, the better off everyone involved will be. All right, let's catch up on some super chat. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say that name so we get, like, you know, demonetized. That's I'm just going to say a, a very bad person's bodyguard <laughs> jumping in to say uh, thank you for the super chat, whoever you are. I can't even say who was most disappointing. Dalton Reisner, Cortland Sutton come to mind, but man, where's that leadership that made Teddy the guy? Horrid body language, flat and uninspired, just like old Vic. That's right, dude. Teams take on, Zach, the emotional complexion of their head coach and you know, there was once upon a time we saw a little bit of uh, emotion from Vic on a sideline somewhere in the Lone Star State, but it was fleeting. It was finite. 
it wafted away like a fart in the wind. 727 mil, and then I'm going to serve this over to you. He says, tired of the coaches, tired of Teddy. I don't want to see him the rest of the year. It was that bad today. I'm good. I feel you, big dog, but listen to me. Vic Fangio, unless George Payton comes down from on high and strong arms him to make a quarterback change, Vic is not moving off Teddy Bridgewater. I think farting in the wind is more enjoyable than watching that Broncos game, Chad, at least for the farter. You know, I mean, that was brutal to watch. Again, when you consider this game was winnable, Casey gave them chance after chance. The Broncos defense kept it in uh, for the most part in the game, and they just they lost by multiple possessions. I mean, it's it's typical Broncos, same old Broncos. But I agree with you, as long as he can walk Teddy Bridgewater and as long as Vic Fangio is employed as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, there's no quarterback change. Drew Locke's not coming into the game. It is status quo from Bridgewater to Shermer, more than likely Tom McMahon. That's going to be the, the Broncos' outfit until the end of the season. After that, all bets are off. But no changes I, I see coming, Chad, in the near future. Against the Chiefs, there is no margin for error. And you know what? Because you had gotten an interception, you could have maybe lived with one giveaway. But to go in the second half and and not only throw two picks, one of which gets returned for, for six, but a fumble on a punt return, which, look, that returner, Deontay Spencer, he was between a rock and a hard spot. When, I, when you get blocked, someone gets blocked into you as you're trying to haul it in, good luck, dude, especially when, you've, when you're kind of wired as a punt returner to expect to be untouched until you at least have the ball. Cameron Wadman, thank you for being with us on Facebook, my friend. And the stars, he says, Teddy drops the ball in the clutch. We need a playmaker at quarterback like Russ. That's one thing I'll say, Zach, is let's talk about uh, apples and apples here. In the clutch, like if if you could really point to one thing positive about Drew besides some of the uh, cliches like his arm and his wrapping on the sidelines and all that, it's that when he has quarterbacked a Broncos team and they're in it at the end, he has found a way oftentimes to win that game. Rises up, plays his best ball in those moments. It's true. If you look at every one of the Broncos wins under Teddy up to this point, it's either a walking away, right? Like it's a big time stomped him down the first three games. I guess Washington is the exception, but he didn't have to orchestrate a comeback. Teddy has yet to lead a comeback as a Bronco. I. Uh, he doesn't really have the firepower for that. You again, Zach, right. you gotta have everything perfect for Teddy Bridgewater to bring home that bacon. Yeah. There's multiple points I want to make here in terms of the Broncos energy. We talked about this on multiple podcasts leading up to the game. I put it out there on Twitter. We would know how this game was going to go by the first couple series, how they came on the field, the energy, the fire or lack thereof. Was it going to be a Dallas game or was it going to be a Philly cut type of game? This was more a Philly game than a Dallas game. It starts with the coach. I'm so sick of seeing the neutral, passive, stoic faces on the sideline from Teddy to Vic Fangio. I mean, just guys, get fired up. Let's get some emotion. Let's get some blood pumping. Um, in terms of the quarterback, who Teddy Bridgewater is who he is. And the thing is, they do have the firepower, Chad. They have all the horses in the world. But when you relegate Noah Fant, a former first-round tight end selection, to a blocker, that's not on the players. That's, you know, that's on the coaching staff. That's the quarterback. When your idea of a free play down the field is a check down, that's on the quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, as long as they have that mindset in the building, nothing is ever going to change. And that's who they are. And that's what we have to accept them to be. They are fakes. 
They have shown who they are by now. They're not playoff contenders. They're playoff pretenders. One more thing about Deontay Spencer, to your point, did he yeah. not see Caden Stearns barreling down about to run into him? Was he not looking like two feet in front of him? He is the most overrated returner in the entire NFL. He does not deserve a roster spot, and the Broncos erred by getting rid of Trinity, Trinity Benson and keeping Deontay Spencer around. He contributes nothing. Andrew Lampy, good to see you, big dog. Thanks for the support on Facebook, as always. And we're going to grab your comment here. Just bear with us one sec. First, I just want to give everybody a quick update. We are now on day five in this month of December. Our goal on Facebook is to once again reach 250,000 stars. When we do, we will raffle off yet another Denver Broncos jersey to, of your choice to the winner. We're at 7% complete. That's a solid, modest start. We're a little bit behind the eight ball. But look, those in the running for the jersey, when it's all said and done, are only the people who contributed to the goal. And here's your top ranking real quick. Surprise, surprise. Andrew Lampy at the top. Shane Daniels, Travis Weber, Andrew Baker, Lawrence Rivera. Pete Middleton, Tim Hoffman, Joe Spath, Mike Reno, and Miguel Santistevan. Almost? Maybe. I don't know. Andrew says, well, that was fun. Oh, well. Ant will come up tomorrow, and it's one more day closer to Fangio's last day. I don't know what that typo. Sun? Sun will come up. Yes. yes. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you need to be quite that fatalistic yet. Just because the Broncos are 500, they're now right in the middle of a bunch of other 500 AFC West. I actually the Ra the uh, Raiders. What are they now? I'm gonna look at six up. and I, six. I think. I keep Raiders are six and six. Right. So the Broncos six and six. Raiders six and six. Chargers seven and five. Chiefs eight and four. But yes, we feel you, Andrew. Vegas has the tiebreaker though, the head-to-head -head, because they beat the Broncos. So you know, yep. I, I you know technically they are still in it, but how could you have uh, once again? We're right back to the same conversation post-loss, Chad, in the gut reaction. How could you have any confidence going forward that the Broncos are going to pick up another win, let alone make the playoffs, win three or four more games? They have Detroit next week. Detroit won a game today. I wouldn't even say that's a gimme game for the Broncos. If they don't show up, they're going to get beat by the Lions. And then what? I mean, then you still have another game with Kansas City. You have more divisional games against the Chargers. You have the Bengals. I mean, it's not going to be easy for the Broncos to crack the playoffs. They needed this game badly. This was a first-place divisional showdown in primetime, arguably the biggest Broncos game since Peyton Manning hung up his cleats, and that's the performance we get? Please. That's what's so frustrating, Zach, is the stakes were real this time. You know, not to say that a Week 4 game against the Chiefs early in the season, for example, has no stakes, but... If you lose, you know you've got the vast majority of your season still to come, and you can overcome it. You can find a way to make up for it uh, as the season marches on. This game in particular, you had first place in the AFC West on the line, and you get, once again, a very tepid, emotional... I mean, the Chiefs, I hate saying this. Like, I cringe. It, my, the hackles on the back of my neck rise, Zach. The Chiefs live in the Broncos' head. Yeah. Rent free. Miguel says, what's up, fellas? Not calling for Locke, but Teddy was the reason we lost. He was definitely one of the perpetrators, biggest perpetrators behind this, this loss. It's not even rent anymore, Chad. It's a full-blown mortgage. I mean, when you lose that many games in a row, I don't care what Fangio says. There is a psychological detriment to it. 
And I just want to point out, James, what's crazy about what I'm saying here? I mean, uh, the Broncos are indisputably a better team than Detroit. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but if they come out flat, emotionless, if they play like they did, Teddy Bridgewater's throwing pick sixes, they're not going to be in for a good result. Even if they beat Detroit, does anyone have any confidence right now that they can make a run and go through the division games they have left and crack the postseason? And even in that, let's say that happens. Does anyone out there, does one Broncos fan on the face of the planet right now think if the Broncos crack the wild card round, they would advance? Because if things have to be perfect for this team to win, they're going to lose badly. That's not crazy. That's been reality for this Broncos team the entire season now, James. The way it is. Shane, good to see you, big dog. He says, Pookie should be the starter going forward. Special teams strikes again. Fangio makes poor calls. And Teddy, uh, his pl- he plays like he doesn't care. Bottom of the AFC West again. It's crazy. You go from, in the matter of one game, from second place with a chance to win and be in first place literally to the bottom of your division – that's the NFL, baby. Parity reigns supreme in the league, and it is why the NFL is king. David says, thank you, Chad and Zach, for these gut reaction shows. Bridgewater was awful. Hey, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Yes, he was. Uh, the Brainstorm, what's going on? Thank you for that super chat. He says, I'm more mad at myself for yeah. believing. I feel you. Well, you know, we tried to temper as as an optimistic Right now, everyone's mad, all right, including us. You can you can tell that we call this the gut reaction for a reason, right? We're letting the emotions run, all right? The hormones are close to the surface right now. But during this the week leading up to this game, Zach, we're optimists. And so we tried to keep it optimistic without trying to lead our audience and our community down the rabbit hole of disappointment and doom. But that win and against the, the Chargers and having the stakes be – first place in the AFC West Broncos fans were like, Hey, mile high magic. This wasn't it mile high, but still Bronco magic. Like this is where, you know, the key moments of this franchise, when, when push comes to shove, they rise above, not with this coaching staff and not with this quarterback. Yeah, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me four times, shame on me. I couldn't pick the Broncos again, Chad, in the round table. I don't think you did either. And, you know, I said it was going to be a hard-fought game. I thought it would be within 10 points, two possessions, and it was. It's just so unfortunate because it was winnable. It was there for the taking, and they could have won going away. And I see a comment in there. It's kind of a, a uh, obvious point, but you switch Andy Reid with Vic Fangio, the Broncos win by four touchdowns. I agree with that. Probably. If, if only they could. And it's it's that age-old question as a fan. Is it worse to lose a, a close-margin game or worse to get blown out? I think the but, former. But, Zach, if if Andy Reid's coaching these Denver Broncos, who's under center tonight? Hmm. Probably Locke. Probably Locke. Lawrence says, we got to look for something that can beat our division rivals twice each year. We have three of them, and these are the most important games and until we do, we will not see another playoff run. We have six, bro. I mean, two times, I guess, two times three. But, yeah, dude, it's bad. The Broncos right now, um, with this five-and-a-half-year slide, you're seeing a lot of historical outliers get turned on their ear. Now the Broncos trail the Chiefs all-time in terms of wins and losses. Uh, it's not good how they're, they've matched up to the Raiders. Zach, at least in those first four seasons, all right, post-Super Bowl 50, they would at least split with the Raiders. They got swept last year. They got handled this year in the first matchup. Not not looking good. Zach ZZ jumping in. What's up, buddy? At this point, are we surprised? 
I laughed out loud at that pick six. Tom McMahon must have some pretty incriminating photos of Vic to still have a job. You know what? But he's got the excuse, Zach. Vic, what do you want me to do? We got a rookie safety playing, uh, you know, blocking gunners. Please. That, you know, run into the returner. What am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, well, coach him up, big dog. You know, McMahon will get there on the podium, Chad, next Friday and be like, it's on me. It's the same thing he says every single week. It's not a one-week problem. It's an every-week, every-year problem, and that's on the coaching and Tom McMahon. It's, uh, you know, you made a good point earlier. When you play a team like Kansas City, it's almost like playing the Patriots during their prime. You have to be on your P's and Q's. You need an A-plus effort for all 60 minutes. Well, throwing a pick six and... The special teams miscues, which directly led to points, that's not playing 100. That's not playing on your P's and Q's. You're never going to win a game that way, Less of all at Arrowhead against a division rival with first place on the line. If that's what they're giving us with those stakes, Chad, again, how could you have any confidence at any game going forward? Uh, Michael, good to see you. Albert, good to see you. And Scott brings up a good point on that Deontay Spencer return. Say what you want about the flukiness of that punt return, but... He never called for a fair catch, and that's the first mistake. It's not being coached into him. And I want to grab BNS, longtime member of our community, says, Priest, when will Peyton finally just pull the trigger and play lock? Why not? Up his trade value, if anything. Garrett Bowles played well. I was stoked on Bowles. Hashtag all pro Bowles. Bowles had the one penalty. What was it? A a bad formation or something? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that dude was locked down, and I loved seeing that. That's the version of Bowles you need. Uh, in order for this offense to have a shot, it was good to see. And Massey played pretty well at right tackle as well. Except I for mean, that, except for that pick six. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, everyone. I, I don't know. Teddy was making throws in this game, where I don't know he was throwing the ball to. I mean, for the most part, we've seen such bad right tackle play over the years that that qualifies as a good game for Massey. I thought Miners played really well in the running game. So there were small highlights to it, but it was completely overshadowed by the coaching and the quarterbacking, as per usual. Tim Hoffman, what's up, buddy? He says, Teddy is a dud. How did our receivers not get at least two passes? Freaking ridiculous. The offensive play calling was weak, weak, weak. Let me look at that real quick. Let's see. You had uh, Jerry Judy, four catches for 77. Javante, six for 76. Noah, four for 33. Albert, three for 21. And then Sutton, Um, two two receptions. Ooh. Patrick, one. Chad, <laughs> you pay two receivers big contract extensions and then you draft another one in the first round and your leading receiver in a game is your running back. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense, please. You can't. You can't put any lipstick on this pig. Savage Boy Kev on Twitch says, want to know what's crazy, guys? Drew Locke was the only Bronco standing on the sideline rooting on his team. I don't know about that, but... I've told you, just like last week, you know, there was that funny meme. The only way Drew Locke can help his team or whatever, right? And he's rooting on on the sideline as as Sertan returns one to the house. But he is a team guy. You know, he does care about his his team, and he's very in the moment, even when he's on the sideline. Miguel says, it's like they're scared to play. Case They are scared. That's what I'm telling you. Emotionally, they can't get their focus right. They can't be loose. They can't come out and play with confidence. And just swagger because they're so uptight. You know, if you've ever had to perform live, whether as like a speaker, all right, maybe you were in a band, maybe you were a singer or an athlete. Some people get that stage fright, Zach, right? When the lights go on 
what was a very talented guitar player that was freaking shreddy Kruger. All of a sudden the lights go on and there's people watching and he's all thumbs on the guitar. And you're like, dude, at band practice, you were, you were killer. What's going on? Something about that for certain people, right? It, it's hard to overcome and it takes repetitions and exposure to it to kind of overcome it. The Broncos, it's almost like a stage fright thing. Anytime they pull the chiefs on the schedule, they're like, they come out, they're stiff miscues because they're so stiff Zach because they're so wound up you got lapses in uh discipline you got lapses in scheme assignment uh Raj and then I'm serving this back to you did you like the fourth and two play call I hated it don't run up the middle unless you got a fullback or extra tight end to block you know what we hated the call I know you sacrificed how many goats to get the fourth downs that you did to get you to that fourth down Zach but you got to a point where you could take some points now Take the points. You were on the field for 39,000 minutes on that drive. Get some points out of that sucker. I hated the play call, if only because uh, the play clock was winding down. Like two seconds were left, and Javante was in the backfield, like waving to the sideline. He was completely confused. Call a timeout there. But if that's the best that Pat Shermer could dial up, a Javante Williams run right up the middle, like Kansas City never saw that coming, Chad, with the only offensive playmaker they have. I mean, it just once again speaks to the lack of creativity in this Broncos offense and on this Broncos team. And to your point about stage fright, I mean, I can speak for myself. When I first started podcasting or doing live videos, if I look back on that right now, I'd be cringing. I mean, physically cringing. You do get better with repetition, but when you're loose and you're having fun, you're not thinking about it. When you're not thinking, you're just doing, you're just playing, so to speak. There was the one criticism about Paxton Lynch all those years ago. He was playing inside his own head. He wasn't just playing football. And when the Broncos play loose and have fun, you see games like Dallas. When they don't, when they're uptight, when teams are in their head and they play, you know, and they're, and they're conscious of their own selves, you see results like tonight. Um. All right, let's grab uh, Mike Reno. What's up? I could not believe the second half of this game. Teddy did exactly what I hoped he wouldn't do, but he did. Special teams nightmare, interceptions, which there could have been more, and terrible coaching as usual. Zach, you could not be more correct. And and we also have this one here from Zach Phillips saying, did Teddy complete a pass over 10 yards? I know there was at least one, that one to Judy, that kind of got things cooking in the second quarter where they got their points, right? They got that first three points. Uh, beyond that, I can't say for sure. I'll have to look into it. Isaiah eleven twenty seven. good to see you, big dog. All these weapons, and we can't get them the ball. I'm so done with the play calling and wasting the talent away. Shermer, Teddy have to go. Javante, PS2, again, we're studs tonight. Thoughts? Yes. We've talked quite a bit, Zach, about Javante. I want to talk about PS2. I want to talk about also Quinn Miners, who, you know, there's the occasional cringe moment when he's in pass pro. Tonight I thought he was mostly solid, but we'll see upon further review. This was going off the television broadcast, but PS2. Gets another heads-up interception. There's that one play that he kind of went for the breakup instead of making the tackle that would have stopped a third-down conversion early on in the game. But other than that one lapse, PS2 was solid. And, dude, I just love seeing Quinn Miners 15, 20 yards downfield trucking dudes and pushing piles. Like, he's just hungry for more. This is a guy that is constantly looking for work. Well, Sertan also pulled a Teddy on that Mahomes touchdown run. He pulled up near the goal line where it looked like he had a free shot at Mahomes. Regardless of that, though, I think he played another good game. The interception he had, right place at the right time, I feel like. I mean, good awareness on his part, but that was kind of gifted to him. Quinn Miners, yeah, I mean, he's not 
perfect in pass pro, but he's a beast in run blocking. And I think he is your obviously your right guard of the future. And one little footnote to that. Did you happen to notice Mike Munchak on the sidelines with a tablet coaching up his players? It was nice to see that from a Broncos coach. We don't get that from Fangio too much. We don't get that from Donatel because he's a figurehead. We don't get that from Pat Shermer because he's in the booth. It was nice a Broncos coach was being hands-on with his players. And one more point about Bridgewater throwing 10 yards down the field. I'm going to say this one, one more time. If we have to think about that, that is pathetic in itself. If we have to think about the fact if a Broncos quarterback completed a pass or attempted a pass longer than 10 yards, not 20, not 30, not 40, 10, it's embarrassing, honestly. Logan, hold your thought. We're going to grab you. I just want to draw everyone's attention. Let's answer the question. So, yes, Teddy got that 36-yarder uh, pardon to Jerry Judy in the first quarter. That set up their three points. Teddy completed a 34-yarder to Javante. That was a quote-unquote pass deep middle. I'm trying to remember a deep middle for Javante. Either way, Teddy pass short right to Mike Boone, went for 19 yards. That's not air yards. That's the total of the play, right? Uh, let's see, Teddy passed deep middle to Judy for 19. So Judy got 19 and 36 from Teddy. And then Mike Boone, from there you are, you got a 13-yarder, Zach. You got another 13-yarder and a 12-yarder. So the only one that I would honestly, Zach, feel comfortable classifying with as a vertical shot Judy, yep. was that first yeah. one to Judy. Everything yeah. else, dude, was nickel and diamond. That's how Teddy lives. And Logan says, Hey, guys, this is my first time donating and commenting live. Hey, welcome, big dog. Appreciate you. you. Thanks, Logan. Connect on Twitter because we like to keep track and taps, um, keep tabs and, and keep the conversation going with our superstars on Twitter. He says, I appreciate all you guys do for MHH as well as Broncos country. Hashtag fire Fangio. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much. Um, that's the thing, though, Zach, with Teddy Bridgewater. He lives and dies as a passer. All right. He lives and dies by. Take what the defense gives and pray to God my guy can make a guy miss. That's it. It's the old Bill Walsh, Joe Montana offense. You know, throw for two yards, let Jerry Rice run for 90 yards. It's exactly what happened. You, you know, you broke those plays down. And on paper, it looks good for Teddy. But when you watch the game, you see when you throw a two-yard pass and the running back or receiver picks up 18, 20 yards on his own, that's not attributed to Teddy Bridgewater. That's solely on the playmaker making plays and making yards there. It's amazing. They took a deep shot down the field. It might have been the first series or the second series to Judy, or the third series, because it broke their uh, three-and-out streak. They don't go down the field after that. It's incredible. It's like what works for them, they stop doing it after that. I cannot wait until Pat Shermer is not in charge of calling the plays any longer. Rello Takeover. Good to see you, buddy. He says, someone give Teddy some damn goggles. And then you got Savage Boy Kev saying, Chad, the difference between Drew and Teddy is that Locke actually shows that he wants it. Teddy looks like a dummy in real life. You know, I don't know about that. It's you, when you have to live and die by um, if you're trying to interpret what a quarterback's doing between series and things like that on a television broadcast. If you're not there, you have to hope that the TV pans to him here and there. Almost every time it panned to Teddy was when the Chiefs had just done something big on the field offensively and they panned to Teddy on the bench. Same reaction. Be like, yeah. Right? But when we were in uh, at the game, week three, New York Jets, MHH meet and greet, I kept a real close eye on Teddy in between series, kind of just watching how he interacted with his teammates in the huddle and like just communicating. And in that game, I was impressed with his intensity. So that's why I'm not going to jump to conclusion 
that he was a complete dead fish um, for what it's worth. Drew says, Teddy was awful, and thank you for the super, Drew, and barely walking by the end of the game. Coaching was horrible. Williams, awesome. Start lock, fire the coaches. Here's the thing, though, guys. You really think that a tail-spinning Denver Broncos can be saved by Drew? Maybe. He did it as a rookie in 2019. This team was – that team, I should say, was by far in much dire straits, Zach, than this one in terms of the dearth of talent. Um, they had three wins to their name entering week 13 when he took over, and you don't give 100% of the credit for the 4-1 uh, one finish to Drew, obviously, but he did something to lift that team emotionally. You never know. Vic, come on, dude. There is a precedent for it. Think about it. I just think the Broncos are terminally ill at this point because even if they start Drew Locke, you're still having Pat Shermer call the plays. You're still having Vic Fangio coach the team. Until those two factors change, I don't think many things will change under center. And honestly, to be fair, Drew Locke is not the future of the Broncos. Just like Teddy Bridgewater isn't the future of the Broncos, both those things can and are true. They need to find a real franchise quarterback and pair that quarterback with a real competent coach and coordinator. That's the only way they're going to turn this ship around and win consistently. Hey, we are at 40 minutes, and we have to keep tonight pretty tight because obviously it's late, and there's a lot of work for us to do behind the scenes for articles and whatnot. So we got a lot of patient Super Chat superstars and star commenters that deserve to get their answers or reactions. We're going to rapid fire them. So, Zach, let's try and keep our remarks high and tight. Josh Ann, thank you, buddy. Even with a rookie next year, he says, never bring back Teddy. Not one QB I would rather start in the whole league. I'd rather roll with Mike Glennon, White, or Mills. Zach. Ouch. Ouch. That's where the level we fall into. You'd rather take Mike Glennon, uh, Mike White, or Davis Mills over Teddy Bridgewater. I, honestly, I really can't object to that. I mean, what do you have to lose? I would love to see just what a new quarterback can do. Just like I got so excited to see what Mike Shula can do filling in for Pat Shermer. Not much change there because there's more than one common denominator as to this crap show going on in Denver right now. So again, they need to clean house, get rid of Teddy, get rid of Drew, get rid of Pat, get rid of Vic, start over, start fresh, and hopefully Peyton can make the right choices and get this team back on the relevant map. Jeff Noyes, hey, welcome. Thank you. Zach, you're spitting facts. I couldn't agree more. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you, buddy. Thanks, Jeff. Also, all the stars we're seeing rolling in. Thanks, you guys. Devin Taylor jumping in. Thank you, Devin. The body language of the guys is very telling. And please, tell me why every pass is in the doit. Yeah, I know. Teddy, <clears throat> pardon me. Teddy had a uh, he had a bad game, man. Not only was he, did he throw a couple picks, one of which, you know, the second one, he was his, he threw understand how that might get picked off. You can't blame hundred percent of that on Teddy. All right. He'll take the, he has to shoulder the blame because he was the quarterback, but that was also on Bobby Massey in the offensive line. But yeah, the body language again, Zach, it comes back to emotional constitution intensity. The Broncos go flat right when they step on the field against the chiefs or Zach, if it's directly following a win, we know that next one is going to be flat. I just don't know what people expect. I mean, you have Fangio with his arms crossed. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't even own a television. And you have Pat Shermer, who looked like he hit up a dispensary in Denver when he's up in the booth, Chad. <laughs> totally confused, dazed and confused look on his face. They take on the complexion of those around them. Their leaders are the coaches and the quarterback, and all of them are flat, passive, and stoic. That's why. 
Kenny Kenny Young can only do so much for the energy factor. Uh, Will Davis says, "Why is Fangio afraid to make changes as needed?" It's just an orthodoxy, Zach, that NFL teams in general, and Fangio is particularly observant of this orthodoxy I'm about to hit on you or drop on you here, Zach, which is when they sketch out a plan A, they don't move off that plan A unless the plan A has basically failed them completely. And by that I mean, because coaches, you know, they're wired to take losses in season in stride, especially, Zach, if you're still in the hunt, right? So they go, well, I'm not coming off. That was ugly. We got our butts kicked tonight, but we're not coming off plan A because technically it's working. We're still in the hunt. That's how they think. It takes more of a uh, risk taker, more of a guy that is a little bit more creative, innovator. Vic Fangio, none of those things. Well, you know, Chad, you broke the news to me today because the Panthers and Matt Rule, on their bye week, they fired Joe Brady, their OC, who a year ago was getting head coaching interest around the NFL. So the fact that Fangio won't even fire his special teams coordinator, who for multiple years now has been deserving of his pink slip, is a direct indictment on his lack of fortitude, I shall mm-hmm. say. And yeah. it's almost like some people get too comfortable in a job, in a relationship, in a partnership, friendship, whatever, and they love the comfortability factor. They don't want to take a step outside of that. They don't want to dip their toe in the water. That's what, how Vic Fangio strikes me. He's comfortable in this bubble right now that he's put himself in with Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater. And until he's gone, that's not going to get burst, that bubble. John says, bag and tag him. The coaching staff is cooked need picket or strong at quarterback. Uh, Peyton's demeanor was calculation. Who should this team target for head coach? Zach, has has your uh, list of top candidates pre-season starting and what it is today changed? Well, I mean, it's basically up-and-comers versus a few retreads like Dan Quinn or Doug Peterson. And I still would go for the up-and-comer. You know, I still like Brian Dayball. I still like Helen Moore. I still like Eric Bieniemy. Obviously, Joe Brady's on a candidate now. Maybe someone like Joe Lombardi uh, over there with the Chargers. They put up 41 today on Cincinnati, who the Broncos have to play in a few weeks as well. So I still want an innovative mind. I really don't care who it is. They have to meet two qualifications for me. Offensive background and creative forward-thinking mind. Please, please. We're seeing some big stars <clears throat> from Shane Daniels, Miguel, Tim, Mark, Andrew, David Wilder, Mike Reno, Travis Tarbox. Thank you, guys. Uh, keep it coming. Plum Bob, what's good? And thank you for that super sticker, my friend. Plum Bob says, just straight up disappointing. Yes, indeed. You know, going back to orthodoxy and not moving off plan A, the stars really have to be aligned for teams to kind of come off of that. A good example was 2011, right? This is the first year of the Elway regime, first year of new head coach John Fox. They have an open-ended ticket at that point. They got a two- to three-year window where they can get things cooking, you know, step on the on a rake here and there, and fans and media aren't going to be too harsh because, you know, they got a little bit of that honeymoon period. And so when the chips were down and Kyle Orton was not getting it done, and they had a young, recent first-round pick quarterback that was sucked it up in training camp, waiting on the sideline, they could afford to move off plan A at that point, which, by the way, for better part of three months up to that point, all you heard from John Fox was that Kyle Orton gave us the best chance to win. Then they finally moved off it. 
They innovated a little bit. They took a risk because they could afford to, or they felt like they could afford to. Vic Fangio does not feel like he can afford to do that. Kobe says, dink and dunk offense. Pookie showed heart, but no points to show for it. He did get a tutty. Uh, least we lock down our wideouts for Teddy to yeah, just look seriously. at. Yes, indeed. Again, I don't know why they paid them millions upon millions in guaranteed money combined, Sutton and Tim Patrick, for them to pretty much be decoys for Alberto, somewhat of Noah Fan, and Javante Williams. That that was the Broncos passing attack comprised. And again, you wonder what this offense can do with a better coach, that a coach that would utilize the talent to their full potential. Because, again, when you have those receiving threats and your leading receiver in a game like this is your running back, something is off right there. To your point that you made before, Chad, John Fox is a much better coach than Vic Fangio, and Kyle Orton is a much better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, as far as I'm concerned. Gustavo, what's going on? He says, Teddy will not get us anywhere. He is the safe option. And, yes, Zach Kelberman just said Kyle Orton is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Still through two picks. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Clayto Tornado, what's good, buddy? He says, guys, I'm done. I'm very sorry, but I'm not watching another game until changes are made. I can't take it anymore. My love of the game has been zapped. I feel you, but this too shall pass. All right, this sucks. We feel you. This too shall pass. We'll be here to get through it together, big dog. Naj says, Zach, and thank you, Naj. That's so generous, my friend. Thank you. Love the passion and heart of the defense. Unbearable and sickening. We've lost 12 in a row to those guys. It's a bad joke. Bottom line, Fangio now 1-21, and went down at the half, and Teddy 0-18. I didn't know that second yeah. one about Teddy. Ouch. There's basically no hope if this team is down late. This speaks to my whole argument about you get behind the eight ball with Teddy, death nail, put a fork in it. You know, it's you're, you're done for. I think it was after the muffed punt. Uh, the Chiefs could have went for the kill shot, but they took a really conservative third down play call because they knew 13 points was enough to beat the Broncos. They knew it might as well have been 113 points. And those stats right there are fireable and benchable offenses. 1-21 and 21 in 0-18. and 18. To your point, it, it shows you that unless things are 100% perfect, you're never going to win with this head coach and quarterback combination. And in today's NFL, things are rarely perfect. In fact, you need the head coach and the quarterback to help make things perfect. That's the whole beauty of it. And the Broncos right now don't have either of those. Dr. Steve Brule, MD, thanks for being with us, my friend. He says, had Big enough fan. of Teddy when the team needs him. Most he sulks on the bench. That's not a leader. That's a coward. Great guy. Not a good QB. I don't know. I'd call him a coward, but his uh, the body of evidence is hard to the last three, four games has been hard to uh, refute that. But I still would pause from saying that myself. I think the non-tackle in the Philly game was pretty cowardly, but overall, I don't think he's a coward. I think, you know, he's a below average quarterback, though. Swag Nash, what's up? Teddy has no heart. Peyton needs to step in and fire Shermer and bench Teddy and start Locke. We're not making the playoffs with this garbage OC and quarterback. You need a spark, man. You need a spark. And, that you know, it'd be one thing, Zach, if when Drew Locke got inserted as a rookie, came in and did what you'd expect from a rookie and maybe wins one or two games on the way out the door for, to the offseason. But there is now a historical precedent that you could say, hey, look, it worked once. Let's try it again and stick to it, right? Problem is Vic Fangio again. You play Drew, maybe he gets strong arm. First time things get thick, man. First time that the bullets are flying and it's not going good for you. 
Paul probably pulls Drew. Travis says, I said it on Thursday. Why is Spencer still on the team? Not talking about the fumble. He does nothing. Vic, well, here's the thing. Vic listens to what Tom says on this. Tom says, Deontay's my guy. Vic says, no questions asked. Because Vic's a defensive coordinator masquerading as a head coach. He has no business being a head coach because you have to manage the entire team. And obviously, Fangio falls way short of that mark. Logan says, and thank you, Logan, there needs to be a change in the coaching staff, starting with Fangio and Shermer. McMahon should have been fired years ago. I want Kellen Moore as head coach. I like Kellen Moore as an option. I like Brian Dayball as an option. Get me a offensive-minded guy that's hungry, that's got some vision, that's got some creativity, that's got some juice. He doesn't have to be a world beater. You know, this doesn't have to be Kyle Shanahan fresh off of coordinating the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl. But give me a guy that's got some forward-thinking, offensive-minded vision. And get me a quarterback. Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Just get me a true, legitimate franchise quarterback. Get a competent head coach, play caller in the building. And let's go win some damn football games, please. Mark Knapp says, Chad, who do we want as our next QB? Zach, who do you want as our next QB with uh, with you know what we would logically have to give up or draft uh, our draft. Um, that's a tough question for me to answer still. And I vacillated on this a little bit, but I would first, I mean, it just depends on what your philosophy is, right? Like if it was Vic Fangio again next year, which it's not going to be if they miss the playoffs, but if it were, it makes a lot of sense to go, you know, hell bent on landing Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson to, you know, try and capitalize on what remaining rope you might have as a head coach. But being that your odds are going to be moving on from your head coach, Zach, and cleaning house, I think it's time you got a brand new GM. You got many of the young pieces in place. It's time to draft a quarterback in the first round and really take that chance and develop them. And look, I get it that this year's class is not the most you know, it's not touted as a great quarterback class, but I'm still not quite ready to to say that myself till we get through the entire college football season, all the bowl games, get through the pre-draft trail from the Shrine game to the Senior Bowl to the Combines to the Pro Days. When we're inching up on the draft itself, then I'll tell you if I really think this is a weak quarterback class that. Yeah, I don't want, I prefer a rookie quarterback over a veteran. I want to do it the right way. I want to build for the long term, develop my own franchise quarterback instead of buying a leftover franchise quarterback. But that's the beauty of coaching. So if it's a subpar quarterback class and a quarterback prospect is good, it's up to the coaches. It's their job to make that quarterback really good or maybe even great. You give me Kellen Moore and Kenny Pickett, I will take that 100 times out of 100 over Vic Fangio and Teddy Bridgewater. Shane says, I would not exercise the fifth-year option on Chubb. It's already done. Can't stay healthy, and today got thrown around like a ragdoll. Only got one good tackle for a loss by splitting two tight ends. Got destroyed by the left guard all night. Yeah, but here's the thing to to keep in mind on that front. He's still coming back into kind of game shape. Did he affect the game tonight? Not as consistently as you would hope. Uh, Draymond Jones is the only Bronco that managed to bring home a sack for what it's worth. Chubb finished with two tackles, one of which was – or three combined tackles, two solo. So he wasn't a complete non-factor, um, but you want to see more of an impact for sure, Shane. 
I'm ready to also give Malik Reed's starting job to either Cooper or Stephen Weatherly, who looks like a real great midseason pickup by George Payton as well. Malik Reed does nothing for the pass rush. Bradley Chubb's doing nothing right now for the pass rush. Um, I, I wouldn't say they miss Von Miller. They're just not getting any production out of their edge players. And the big contrast, they weren't getting any push up front. The front four was dominated instead of doing the dominating like they did last week. Where has Shelby Harris been, by the way? He had one decent game since getting that contract, and it's been a goose egg pretty much ever since. It's one of the talked-about tropes in the NFL that drives me nuts, how people will point to pressures and hurries, and that's the metric that matters most when you talk about pass rushers. Do you get home? Does the bacon get put on the table, right? Do you actually bring it home? Mm, bacon. Burnt that uh, burnt brass, 1776, thank you, says, didn't Vic act like a hard A and demand accountability from Vaughn at every turn? Funny how Teddy Shermer Tom yeah. never have to. He had a very adversarial kind of posture with Vaughn from the drop. It was bizarre. Faded Wolf, and then I'll serve it over. Hey, guys, love the show. Thank you, bro. MHH for life, he says. Fire the coaching staff. George Payton, save us. At least Locke can take shots downfield. Also, what about Sutton quitting on a play, Zach? Well, I don't think if you're talking about the overthrow where Chris Collinsworth was calling, I don't I didn't see him quitting, but that was the one that Collinsworth called out. I don't agree with that. I think it was an overthrown ball and a double coverage. But in terms of the accountability, what was the whole reason why the Broncos did not choose Drew Locke over Teddy Bridgewater? Because of the fear of turnovers? Well, now Teddy's going out there and committing multiple interceptions. He's hobbled. He threw a pick six, but that's not enough to yank him and put the other quarterback in. The hypocrisy and the double standards with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are astronomical. Appreciate you, Eric. Good to see you, my friend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas season to everybody. Um, Okay. Uh, we got Thomas Seja, Seja, Seya. I'm not sure, but Thomas, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that super chat. Throw in a comment or question. We'll try to get to it, but we are rapidly approaching the go time this evening, boys and girls. David Wilder, you demand big dog. Uh, Rod TV says, I'm ready for Hutchison and Russell next year. No more whack QBs and coaches that can't adapt to this era. Our wide receivers and Williams deserve better than this. You know, imagine putting yourself in uh, Cortland Sutton's shoes, or Tim Patrick for that matter, or even Noah Fant, but I'm going to keep it on the receivers for now. You just got paid, and you're not getting used. Like, why did you pay me? Why did you invest in me when there's literally no effort, no push, no focus to use me? Guys, we're talking about, let me remind you, tonight, Tim Patrick... And Cortland Sutton combined for 11 targets, but Teddy couldn't get him the ball. Sutton had two catches for 15 yards. Timmy P, one for nine. So they combined, Zach, for three touches and 24 yards after, what was it, 39-something million guaranteed combined. That's, that's what this team's coaching philosophy is, is, uh, is, is I almost said rot has rot. That's, I guess, the right thing. I mean, any word you want to use that's negative would apply here, Chad. The thing is, though, what's so in vogue in the NFL right now is throwing a deep ball, and if the receiver doesn't get it, more than likely he will be interfered with. Then how many times did we see Cortland Sutton do that? He's either mossing you or drawing a DPI. 
What about for Tim Patrick? One of the best catch radiuses in the league, one of the, the surest pair of hands in the entire NFL. You don't dial up one deep ball. You throw nothing down the middle. Everything is a check down. Even the Broncos' free plays are two-yard swing passes. <laughs> I mean, it's really embarrassing. It's pathetic. Appreciate you guys. Tom says, uh, up in Canada, can anyone ask Fangio and Oppressor why he can't stand Locke? Like, really? I want to know. Yeah, dude, if anyone's going to ask that question, it's going to be Darren McKee of the fan. He'll probably get to it at some point. Donald Netanyahu says, watch how some in Denver media try to sell us more hopium to further this loser mentality. That's why I like Chad and Zach. They call it like they see it. We want this team to win, guys. We do. We want to see this team succeed. But sometimes you got to call a spade a spade and just be upfront and honest with it. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Zachary Miller, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Thank Great you. Name. Um, Steve Hearn, what's going on, Steve? Been a minute. He says, Herbert can tackle uh, on a turnover. I'm done with Teddy. Hey, at least Teddy threw his shoulder this time, though, Zach. I mean, barely. You know, glass half full. It, it was like, eh. <laughs> that's that's the most I'll do. I mean, he obviously he saw the criticism and he wanted to dispel that by showing he's some team player, but it really wasn't much of an effort. If you see Herbert, he made a tackle like freaking Patrick Willis out there. He would start in the Broncos inside linebacking core right now. I'd love to see that from Teddy, but he is who he is, and we have to accept that for the last five games, however many it is. Okay, guys, we're really about out of time, so we got to rapid-fire these supers. Base Gay says, after seeing Peyton's reaction in the game, Shermer will be a goner. Didn't Peyton throw shade at Shermer before? Thoughts on the Joe Brady firing? Um, Shade, I mean, not really, dude. I can't think of a time that he threw shade. But, yeah, Shermer's going to be gone. Right alongside Vic Fangio and Tom McMahon and Ed Donatel when Peyton fires everybody, but – the Joe Brady thing, I mean, he just wasn't cutting the mustard. That wasn't a good fit under, uh, what's his name, Matt Rule there in Carolina for what it's worth. I still think Joe Brady's got some juice. Yeah. He's not a guy that I would be considering necessarily come in and you maybe interview him and see what his philosophies are. Like if I'm the Broncos, man, I'm casting a very wide net. I'm at least talking to a lot of potential candidates because this one's got to be right. I would hire Joe Brady as QB coach tomorrow. I'm not hiring him to be the OC or the head coach. Um, But that's what happens, though, when you're saddled with Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and a broken-down, washed Cam Newton. How could And they lost Christian McCaffrey for the season. How could anyone expect that offense to play well under Joe Brady's tutelage? I think we'll get another chance, but might come in college. Bronco Broad says, Javante had six receptions, more than any of our wideouts. Everything you need to know about Teddy. Oh, yeah, man. And a part of that, too, I mean, I'm not making excuses for Teddy, but a part of that was how the Chiefs were playing him coverage-wise. They were willing to leave that outlet, that little safety valve, wide open every single time. And so Teddy is a quarterback that's always going to take what the defense gives him. And a lot of times that can serve you. But there have to be those critical moments in the game where you take a chance and you push the ball vertically and Teddy just doesn't do that, Zach. He can't. I mean, I'm convinced that he cannot throw past a certain distance, Chad. He is physically incapable of doing so. I don't know why you would pay two receivers to not use them. Makes no sense. None. Burnt Brass again. Thank you, buddy. Two years ago, I sent you guys a super chat joking that I busted out Madden just to cut <laughs> McMahon. I remember that super chat now. Was it the same handle? How the hell are we still here, he says. Shake my head. Touche, my friend. Twilight Zone. Touche. All right, we're about out of time. Um, we got, uh, let's see, there's Burnt Broad. Let me see what uh, Scott's saying here. Yes, yes, yes. 
All right, guys. I think we're caught up, or maybe we're not. Let me double check because I don't want to well, leave anyone hanging. But while you do that, let me highlight this uh, comment from K Hub. Apparently, Fangio threw the defense under the bus in his pressure press. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me, K Hop. The one bright spot, other than Javante Williams in this game, he's he's blaming. Yeah, that's one of the downsides to the gut reaction is we can't watch the pressers when we're talking to y'all. We'd rather talk to y'all and then get the pressers information later. So thank you when you leak that information to us, though we need it. Logan Moore says there weren't many bright spots tonight, but Javante is the real deal. Bashel. I'm a huge North Carolina fan, and when we drafted him, I knew he'd be special for us. PS2, D-Roy, hashtag MHH for life. There's a good shot, man. That's what I was saying last week. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Three, four games, maybe three, I'll say, of similar production like you saw against the Chargers. Not necessarily two picks, but making impact plays, picking off passes. He's got to be in that vision of people that make this decision, Zach, when the highlights run on Sunday night of what happened or Monday night, you're seeing PS2 consistently make big splash plays. That's how he can get there. I think he's got a really good shot right now. But the other thing we said, the other prerequisite, the Broncos had to win. They don't show highlights of losers, Chad. I mean, right now, I think D-Roy is Micah Parsons' honor to lose. And right now, the Cowboys are 8-4. and four. Broncos are 6-6. Six and six. And I, the winning team and the winning player, uh, the, the player that has the cachet and the name value and the team name value will get the award. But we all know within a year or so, PS2 will be an all-pro. It wouldn't surprise me if PS2 <clears throat> doesn't get D-Roy and gets a Pro Bowl. Like, he's been a stud. Clayton Merrick, thank you, buddy. And by the way, shout out to the 684 people that are still with us live at 1030 at Night Mountain, 1230 Eastern. We have Broncos fans from all over the world in our chats every single night because Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. And so we know, many of you, it's super late. Clayton says, only one, really one play action pass. When you're running the ball that good, shake my head. Was it really only one play fake? You got to be shiznitting me. Wow. I remember one um, specifically. I, I Again, if we have to think about that, if we have to think about the fact that did the Broncos call more than one play action in a game is just an abomination. Fireable offense. Faded Wolf says ball control, three-step fumble, called back, hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, that was questionable. I'm, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that, but I'm going to err on the side of when he tucked it into his into his elbow, football move. football move. Yeah. So Jeffrey says, in Vic's presser, he said Teddy did a lot of good things and the rest of the team needs to play better. Why can't he be honest? Because he hitched his star exactly. to Teddy. Yep. And when Vic hitches his star to a player, and it's rare, but when he goes out on front street, jumps the shark and says, I love this cat, he's dying on that hill. When the chips are down, he's dying on that hill. And it's a semi-admirable you know, he's, he's, he's loyal to his guys. Teddy quickly became his guy. And that's just the way he is, dude. I mean, his impotent explanation the next day, Monday morning after Teddy's, uh, you know, the tackle that never was right. That whole PR crap storm Vic's reaction to that was so canned was so slack jaw limp wrist that, 
it's very disappointing, but it tells you where his heart is. He's going to take the bullets for the guy. That's just the way he, and, you know, justified or not, I don't think it is justified, but that's just big. Uh, Keisho Guki, tough loss. I know, dude. I remember now. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, bro, but that sucks. This too shall pass. And happy birthday. I hope you had a great day. The thing about Fangio and Teddy, if he criticizes Teddy or says he played bad, it's really a reflection on Fangio for picking Teddy Bridgewater in the first place. So his ego and his pride will not allow that. And we're starting to see why uh, John Elway took an affinity toward Vic Fangio. They both have egos that could fill Dove Valley completely, Chad. Um, so if he says Teddy was the wrong choice, he's really saying, I made the wrong choice. If he says Teddy played bad, the quarterback that I picked played bad and contributed to this loss. He will never admit that. He's going to die on that hill until there's nothing left. Doug, love you. Appreciate you, buddy. Guys, that's going to do it for tonight's Huddle Up podcast, this gut reaction. Zach's going to do our goodbye rundown, yeah. and I'm going to pull up how we finished on Facebook. But much love and respect to each and every one of you. You know, guys, real quick, you guys deserve so much better. I want to just say that in Broncos country. The last five years or so have been dreadful, and we thought maybe we were turning a corner with this game, with this season, and it's more of the same, same old Broncos. I feel so bad for Broncos fans. Again, they deserve so much better. But that was the Huddle Up podcast. Be sure until we see you guys next time, which is tomorrow. It's today on the East Coast, but tomorrow on uh, the Mountain Time uh, Zone. Follow the pod on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, reaction, film breakdowns, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. Well, right now, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hoodie like Chad's wearing. Get yourself a football pre-shirt like I'm wearing. Uh, hat like Chad's wearing, all that at huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash huddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter. Those who did saw me today on my halftime stream, Kelberman's Corner, every week at halftime Broncos game on Sundays. You also have Trickle Zone with Eric Trickle. You have Broncos Book Club with Chad. Uh, five bucks a month, I promise you. Slow getting up. That's the book he's going over right now. It's well worth it. Mile Huddle, hit that big blue button. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod, like that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag, like a hoodie hat, whatever, each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, we ask you to do these three things that take literally five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yes, it does. Appreciate each and every one of you. And shout out to these top star senders on Facebook. Shane Daniels, Miguel, Tim, Mark, Doug, Mike, Andrew, Jeffrey, David, Travis, Cameron, Claude, Eric, Quinton, Raj, Jason, Patrick, Lawrence, and Will Davis. Love you guys. Mile high salute to all of our Super Chat superstars. We'll do an update tomorrow night on the aftermath to let everybody know where things stand on Super Chat for the jersey giveaway for the month of December. But as Zach said, keep your chin up. We'll see what this week has to uh, say about the the rest of this season. It's going to be fun. Lots of content to get to, though. Lots of news notes we got to break down. So keep milehighhuddle.com bookmarked. Keep your chin up. Get some sleep tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be more more of the same this coming week. But uh, take care, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for the Aftermath podcast of the Huddle Up Pod. Take care. And as always, pains me to say, go Broncos. 
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.